This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and for the first time in 2021, I am joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. Great to be back. 2020? Yes. 2020 vision? Classic. (laughs) (laughs) We're back for a third year. Is it a third year? Third year, yes. Started in 2017. Fourth fourth year. year. (laughs) We've done three full years. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, good that you've started it um, <laughs> on the right track when we're in a podcast about numbers. Yeah, and you yes. <laughs> no, time is flying. Fourth year for Equity Mates. So how's the break? We had a few weeks off, which was nice, refreshed. Yes, yes but the content train kept chugging along. It did. With our summer series. Yeah, which uh, we had a lot of fun recording and the feedback has been great. So we're hopefully going to continue doing some similar episodes like that throughout the year. Yep. I think it was a, a really good opportunity for us to show everyone how we think about stocks and it's been received really well, as has the launch of Get Started Investing. Yes. So that's been fun, but we're not here to talk about what has been, Ren. We're here to talk about what is going to come yes. in 2020 yes. with one of our favorite episodes of the year, Bold Predictions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so before we kick off, I think it'd be good just to chat about our summer break. Did you buy and sell anything? Did you think about what you're going to do this year in terms of a a strategy for your investing portfolio? Did you take stock? Did you lay by the pool? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I I was actually having a think about this before. I don't think I bought or sold anything since we've last been on air. So that's a bit of a letdown to begin with. For me, and this will come through as we go into our bold predictions, we're very much in the late part of the cycle. I think everyone is very aware of that. We're in the longest bull market since World War II. And so my thinking is around that. It's around fleeing to safety, going to some of the big names 
And then another thing that I want to do more of is access LICs, listed investment companies or managed funds, partly because I think I trust active managers to weather a downturn better than my portfolio. But also it's something that I'm very underweight, I guess. I've done a lot of stock selection and I've got a lot of ETFs, but I don't have a lot of managed funds in my portfolio. So that's going to be a focus for 2020. So number one, fleet of safety because we're in the late cycle. Number two, managed funds. And number three is we finished 2019 talking a lot about small caps and I want to have a crack at picking some small caps as well. So that's probably my my goals for 2020. Nice. Individually pick small caps? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing that play out. Yeah. Keep me posted. Will do. <laughs> you think it's the time to be picking small caps? I think that- Considering your number one priority is fleet of safety. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think small caps are probably a little bit divorced from the business cycle in some sense because they're following their growth cycle and- Obviously, the broader market cycle and the broader business cycle will affect them, but probably not to the same extent as the bigger companies that are bigger parts of the indexes and more exposed to sort of big macro factors. I think small caps and micro caps are probably more affected by individual company outcomes and individual company fortunes. You know, if you're trying to grow your sales from 8 million to 16 million, it's a lot less reliant on a good overall economy. Fair call. Yeah. What about you? Did you buy anything over summer? I did buy a few things over summer, but what I did was take the opportunity to actually do a a full stock take, I guess, on my portfolio because it was clear towards the end of the year that I'd bought a number of ETFs that really overlapped each other, you know, over the last few years. And it's just a waste having, I guess, similar ETFs, if that makes sense. So I sold out a fair bit of overlapping ETFs and consolidated a lot of them into sort of one singular one. Right. M- MSCI All World. <laughs> no, no. Actually, BetaShares have a new one called DHHF and it's a diversified high growth ETF, but it's just incredibly diversified. It's 8,000 stocks across the world. Right. It's high growth because it's 90% equities, 10% bonds and cash. That's the sort of weighting they have to it. Right. As opposed to a normal ETF, which is 100%, 100%. equity. Yeah. Hey, it's diversified. It's a multi, <laughs> multi-asset. Okay. And I also bought Gear, G-E-A-R. They're also by BetaShares. It's a, a geared or leveraged ETF that gives exposure to the ASX 200. Now, I know that kind of contradicts what I just said by having the DHHF, because that also has exposure, but I wanted to get a bit of leverage underway. I know it's late in the cycle yeah, as well. Yeah, I was well. going to say, we've got very different outlooks, I <laughs> Yeah, think. but I um, have just put a bit in there to start sort of building the base for that because it's a very long-term play. And what I did was trimmed a lot of the additional stocks, single stocks that I've got in there that I was really overweight in after pay, trimmed that. Another stock that I found in the actual Equity Mates group, EOS, it's been booming. So I trimmed some of that and put that all into these ETFs. One stock that I did some research on is my beloved BKI, Brickworks Investments, (laughs) that I bought ages ago. I looked into it and the damn thing hasn't outperformed the index. And it's a listed investment company. It hasn't outperformed the index for like 10 years now. Yeah. And I haven't sold it because I think I'm just too emotionally connected to it. But it just makes sense to get rid of it and put that money just straight into the index, right? Because it's just... It's doing what it's supposed to do. It's providing dividends, but it's just smarter play to put it in the index. I mean, devil's advocate is that it hasn't outperformed the index because the index has boomed of late. 
and maybe when it will outperform is when we don't have such a just a general rising tide when when everything's going up it's a lot harder to outperform the index yeah it's true and it to your point around LICs and we're going to spend a bit more time on LICs you know towards the start of this year i think it's a important time to start thinking about LICs when it comes to late cycle but just you know to your point of probably much better i think is about how to create defensive yeah yeah they he- they hedge risk better they yeah yeah, yeah. So I guess my strategy has been to really consolidate and I'm tr- going to try and avoid single stock picking at the start of the year. Really? I'm, yeah. That's yeah. a bit of a cop out. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm just going to see what happens because at the moment it seems like you can throw a dart at, at the stock market and what it lands on, it's going to go up. And I think that's a bit dangerous. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to try and stay away from individual stock picking. So does that mean that your stock of the year is going to be a diversified ETF? I did consider <laughs> that, but that's super boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Ren. So is there any major sort of areas, I guess, that you are interested in, in from a, I guess, thematic point of view that you think 2020 will be? That's one of my uh Oh, that's one of your predictions. predictions? Okay, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. let's crack into it. Now, to to start with, we like to do a speed round with our guests. I'm going to do a speed round of bold predictions with you to, okay. <laughs> to begin. So simply, uh, it, it'll be over under. So I'll give you, you know, uh, a, a growth rate or something and, and you either take the over or the under and then, then I'll take the other side of it. Oh, and that's it? Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. to kick things off, just to get us in the mood. Okay. All right. So to begin with the speed round. The ASX 200 index up 20%. By end of year? By end of year. No. So you're taking the under? Yes. All right, that means I've got the over. Uh, the S&P 500 index uh, also up 20%. No. Interesting, a little bit bearish. Yes, um, you could say that. <laughs> Australian property, Australian residential property generally, I know that there's you know different states and all that, but Australian residential property generally uh, up 10%. Yes. You're taking the overs? Yes. Uh, Bitcoin, uh, flat. Interesting. No. You're taking the under. Well, it could be up or down. You said flat. Yeah, yeah. So if you take the under, you you think it's going to fall from where it is. Or if you take the over, you think it's going to go up from where it is. Okay, I see what you mean. So I'm not... Okay, over. Okay. So by the end of the year, you think it'll be up from where it is now. Yes. Last one, the Australian Reserve Bank's interest rate plus or minus 0%. Wow. Yeah. Will we have negative rates is essentially the question. Wow. No. So I'm going plus. You think it'll stay over zero? Yes. Okay, I'm. I'm left you with some tough ones. I'm taking negative rates. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) That's the game we play. Do all of those accompany a beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah. if you've just joined the show, welcome. Glad to have you on our Equity Mates journey of investing. The way that this episode works is that Ren and I, as you just heard, will throw out a few of our more bold predictions for what we think will happen in 2020. But the rule is for each one of them that is taken, there is a beer on the line. Yeah. So looking forward to re- already recouping five, <laughs> five beers. beers you <laughs> five beers. <laughs> Look, I probably didn't disagree with you too many times there. But what did you disagree on? Bitcoin, I think, will be down. Okay. Australian property may not make 10%. Yeah, yeah, may not. But one of my predictions, well, I may as well just say that one of my yeah. predictions is that Australian property will be 10% plus. Oh, okay. There you go. So, Well, you can't double down on that it. That covers that. Yeah. You've just completely stolen all my yeah. content. <laughs> and that's the and episode. That's <laughs> all right. Well, seeing that I've stolen all your content, do you want to use what you got left to kick us off? I just want to make a bit of a general comment about what I'm sort of reading and feeling about 2020. I think maybe for the last two years, I've generally been bearish. Yes. And it hasn't played out for me. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that's because the sentiment has also been people have been kind of bearish in yeah. their discussions that, you know, slow down, there's going to be a recession. And when people talk about that, it generally doesn't happen because everyone's quite, yep. you know, reluctant. The chatter has completely almost reversed now. Yep. And now we're hearing we're not going to have a recession. Global growth might slow down, but, you know, trade war is, trade, trade war is easing. Rates are low, so people are borrowing. House prices are going to increase. It's not as bad as we thought. When that sort of stuff starts to happen, people become confident and start moving up the risk scale, the risk curve and buying into things, looking for a return that they would otherwise perhaps not buy into. And that's where danger starts to happen, is where people are not necessarily thinking that there's going to be a recession. That's when there's trouble. So my kind of general theme is that overall, I'm bullish at the moment that what we're seeing is going to continue for a while. But the sort of long-term 2020 risk for me is definitely bearish, if that makes sense. So you're entering a third year of being bearish. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, yes. Bearish in the sense that sentiment has changed and I think that's going to have an impact. Yeah, I'm actually on 100% the same page as you. To prepare for this episode, I was reading some of the big investment banks' 2020 outlooks and a lot of them talk about how short term there's no recession indicators, how recessions generally are preceded by tightening of monetary policy. So interest rates going up and what we're seeing is easing. They talk about how all these lead indicators of global manufacturing are ticking up. They're talking about the Chinese growth stabilizing. They're talking about the US being in an election year and, you know, unless something surprising happens in November, generally the economy will do well. But yeah, it, it makes me think that now is the time to be a contrarian. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you look at just the classic case of earnings expectation versus what stock prices are reflecting in earnings, it's just getting more and more divergent. We're getting earnings downgrade after earnings downgrade in parts of the Australian market and the US, US, but stock prices just keep getting higher and higher and it's just alarming. Yeah. So without any further ado, my first one, Ren, is that Australia's economic growth rate is anticipated to be 2.75%, two and three quarters. But I think that we will come in for an annual growth rate of one5 And I get any number other than (laughs) 1.75. So if it's 1.76, then I win. Uh, True. Uh, So hang on. Let me me rephrase then. It will be less than anticipated and underwhelming. You think it'll be less than 2.75? When has a developed economy ever had... Two and three quarters they're coming in at. Yeah, but when's the last time a developed economy hit two and three quarters? That's the anticipated. I'm saying it will be underwhelming and come in less than anticipated. I don't care what they're anticipating. Well, we just need to define it for the bet. <laughs> I'm saying 1.75. Oh, you're going to say it's below 1.75? Yeah. Okay. And I'm taking above 1.75 if yeah. I take it. Oh, look, I'll just take it for the sake of the bet. Taken? Yeah. So you're saying it'll be above? I guess so, yeah. Okay. Nice. Ren takes. All right, hit me. Okay. So we had some big stock movements this year. We had three companies cross a trillion dollars in terms of market cap, Amazon, Microsoft, and Apple. Apple is currently at $1.4 trillion in market cap. I'm going to say in 2019. 2020. Sorry, 2020. (laughs) We have a company that crosses $2 trillion. This is really interesting. I thought this you're so you're, so you're saying apple no i'm saying a company crosses two trillion i thought the apple yeah two trillion but 1.4 to they need to throw in an extra 600 billion yeah it's a lot of money it doesn't sit with my general feeling of what's going to happen this year i am going long large caps 
in the US. Yeah, because you're just indexing everything. <laughs> I'm going to say no. Oh, come on. Take it. <laughs> Does this include Saudi, uh, Aramco? Are they at $2 Because they're close. We can ex- Fine, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I don't believe it that deep down. That's all right. Let that be on record. India will be the star stock market performer out of US, Australia, China, Japan. What other big ones are out there? <laughs> um, Germany. Euro. So no, Euro's not. Yeah, Germany, Germany UK. Germany, UK. It, all of them. It'll beat them all. Their major stock market index will outperform all of those, not combined. Yeah, I'll definitely take that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, you don't not, think so? I'm not confident on India. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Take it. Although I do own some of BetaShares India ETF, so... So, you're not backing yourself. Oh, it's a big country, you know. It's good to be diversified. So, Ren's taking that? Yeah, I'm definitely taking that. Nice. All right, next one from me. In Australia, we have the WAX stock index, which is now triple A's. So, it's WiseTech, Appen, Altium, Afterpay, and Zero. Zero. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. I don't know how, to pr- how you pronounce it with the X, but they're essentially Australia's tech index. In 2019, the five stocks averaged 88% growth for the year. Two predictions here. First one, that those five stocks will average the same or better. <laughs> wow. Big call. <laughs> And the second one is that Afterpay will be the worst performer of the five. I will take both of them. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think they will average 85 or better. And I think that Afterpay will perform better than one of those five. Okay. 
Do you want to say which one should the fight? It'll perform better than zero. Zero. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea why. (laughs) Yet to find a measure for this, but ethical investing inflows will be the largest ever in Australia than previous years. Oh, well, no, I 100% agree with you. To your question before we started this, when you were asking what's the theme going to be of the year, it's definitely going to be sustainable investing. There's no no doubt in my mind that that sustainability and ethical investing is the theme of 2020. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Okay, then. This is another one for Australia. Agriculture will be the worst performing sector. Oh, interesting. Hasn't been a good performing sector of 2019. No. We've had rain the last two days. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to break the drought. Look, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. Hit me. So there's going to be a couple of big IPOs this year if everything goes to plan. ByteDance, which owns TikTok, your favourite app. And it's not true. <laughs> and Airbnb is a big one that is slated to go public in 2020. Yeah. So I'm going to say my bold prediction is Airbnb will be the biggest IPO of 2020. And the way it's measured is percentage change from its IPO price to its end of year price. Across any IPO <laughs> on the board. Uh, Yes. Wow. <laughs> any IPO, any IPO of more than a billion dollars market cap. Okay, that's a good qualifier. I don't know what else is IPOing over a billion. I'm going to take it. I don't think so. Okay. Well, you are a TikTok fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it was TikTok then. I reckon that CSL, a star performer of the Australian Stock Exchange, will be the biggest company on the Australian Stock Exchange by the end of 2020. Really? That's a good prediction. I like that. Look, I'll take it to be to be sporting. Not bad. Yeah. It's not, so Come they, on, CBA. They, they hit 300 <laughs> bucks this week. Yeah, CBA. That's what, that's what you're riding yeah. on. <laughs> you're riding on the banks to, to rally this year. So, Ren's taken that. All right, what else have you got? So, we talk about falls coming from surprising places. And last year, maybe not as surprising, Venture Capital had a tough year driven by WeWork and the huge valuations that they were driving in that space. I think 2020, private equity will stumble. How do we measure this? I know, it's tough. It's, it's, it's yeah, tough. It's, like, you could say, you like, could take I'm some thinking of, like SoftBank sort of stuff. You could take like KKR, which is one of the biggest in the field, and say it'll lose a fifth of its market cap or something. But I think it will be a big news story. Yeah, uh, that's how I was going to... We will know if it's by commentary in the media, if it's stumbled. I agree with that because my... I've got one similar that... Uh, private equity unicorns will come under greater scrutiny. But based on what's happened with WeWork and that sort of stuff, I think that these big high-valued companies in Silicon Valley- that- So let me let me make the distinction though. So like unicorns like that WeWork were investing in, I would say they're venture capital, they're more startups. What I'm talking about with private equity are all these leverage buyouts we're seeing, you know, of the mm, Toys mm, R Us mm, and mm. the Dick Smiths and all of that kind of stuff where private equity firms get cheap debt, buy these companies, put the debt on the companies and then either restructure the companies or strip them for parts and sell them off. That's what we've really seen massively in the retail space over the last few years. And obviously, because debt's so cheap, it has just been a boom. Really, since the GFC, it has been the biggest winner. I think there's too many people chasing these companies, yeah, which yeah. aren't great companies to begin with. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to stumble. I agree, but for the fun of the game, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. You got one? Yeah, yeah. Just a quick one. 2020 will be the return of piracy. Oh, wow. There are too many streaming services now available. Not bad. That's a good call. it will yeah, be the yeah, return yeah. of piracy. 
How are you going to measure it? Just Don't know. New, yeah, news stories? News vibe. News vibe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People will people will get sick of the amount of streaming services that are out there, won't want to sign up to all of them, will be overwhelmed with the amount of content and will just start illegally downloading stuff themselves. Or we will see a provider come out and consolidate them all like cable TV. I tend to agree with your first one. I think that's... But uh, I'll... Take the bet. Yeah. I don't think the second one will happen. I don't think there'll be a consolidation. This year or ever? Not in the short to medium term. I definitely think they will. I just don't Not like- Not this year, I, but I, I definitely- Like, I un- I understand the logic of it, but I don't think I understand it from- Like, if you'd say Disney isn't going to sell Disney+, Plus, so then Disney has to be the consolidator, but why would Disney buy Netflix with all of its debt and stuff like that when- they're now in a race to see who can create more content. No, no, no. It wouldn't be buying and selling between them. Someone will come in and aggregate a platform where you pay one subscription fee and get access to all of them. That's what I'm saying. Why would Netflix license their content to someone else? Eyeballs. To get eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> eyeballs is key. They don't make money on advertising. They don't need eyeballs. They need subscriptions. <laughs> they make, they make, they'd take a cut from the, the middleman. Okay. <laughs> Watch this space. Yeah, yeah, Watch yeah. this space. Maybe there's a business idea there for us. Shotgun. <laughs> All right, you're up, Ren. Okay. I've got some more financial ones, but I think we've been talking for a while, so I'll get to some of my non-financial ones. Yeah, and then we've got stock of the year. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right, my first other prediction, there'll be a third-party challenger in the US presidential election. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Or I think my gut would say either if someone like Mike Bloomberg or Joe Biden don't win the nomination, and they, they might run as a third party, or a more moderate Republican would run against Trump like a Mitt Romney or someone like that. Without turning this into a political podcast, I didn't see Bloomberg in the latest debate. He, so was, he what, wasn't, no. Wait, you, is he out of the race? No, no, no. You need to hit a certain fundraising threshold and a certain number of donors, and then you also need to hit a polling threshold. And because he's new into the race, he hasn't hit those all yet. There's a couple of other candidates that didn't make the debate, Andrew Yang and um, stuff like that. But yeah, he's still in there. He's spending heaps of money. Heaps of cash, yeah. 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 This is a really interesting one. I don't know enough about it to make a good judgment on it, but I'm interested to see how it plays out. I'll take it. Nice one. Trump did get impeached, Ren. He uh, did. Which, you won that. I wish I came in late <laughs> last year. Yeah. I, I don't think he will be removed from office. I think there will be some interesting conversations that come out of the trial that he's in at the moment. I think a few Republicans will turn against him. <laughs> this but- is such a vague <laughs> prediction. Okay. But he will be re-elected. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to take it. Nice. I, I tend to agree with you. Damn. Oh, that's just such disappointing news if he does. <laughs> Oh, there's actually one financial one that I've missed, so I'm just going to jump back to finance quickly. So the US Federal Reserve has been engaged in a massive quantitative easing program. They've been going into the market and buying a lot of bonds and a lot of assets to try and stimulate growth across the economy. At 2015, that that program peaked at $4.5 and then the Fed started to sell some of those assets. They got below $4 trillion. They're now at $4.18 trillion. My bold prediction for 2020 is that the Fed will top their 2015 peak of $4.5 trillion. They will, they will end up buying more assets to get above that number. I tend to agree. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I actually want to do two in one here, and I should have said this right at the start, but 
I think that both the S&P 500, and this plays into my bearish, the S&P 500 and the ASX 200 will finish lower than where they are right now. But in, in the speed round at the start- Yeah, you, you said up oh, you 20%. you said below 20%, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely take that. Yeah. Let's rip through a couple more and then close this episode out. Another non-financial one, another country either announces or announces a vote to leave the European Union. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no. No? So you're taking it? I'm taking it. All right, nice. It was, it was, that was bold. That was very bold. <laughs> so, Ren, I'll just close out with a, a pretty easy one. Uh, this is my final bold prediction for 2020, and that is we won't see negative interest rates but we will see an interest rate cut and serious consideration for <laughs> quantitative easing. I think we're already seeing consideration of quantitative easing in Australia. Given that in the speed round, you forced me to support negative rates, <laughs> I will say that we will see negative rates. Yeah. So I gotta, oh, I'm, you think we will see negative rates? Well, I'm nothing rates. if not consistent. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Let's close it out there. We are traditionally finished with a sports one. Oh, yes. I could say the Aussie boomers come top two in the Tokyo Olympics, but that's... That's interesting. (laughs) But we generally talk AFL, so my bold prediction for 2020 is that... Well, it's actually not that bold. It's actually very mild. The Swans finish higher than Essendon. Well, mate, considering Dyson Heppel's shaved his dreadlocks, (laughs) I think he's going to be a much better captain in 2020. I hear he's like Samson. I hear he gets his power from his hair. Well, that hasn't worked for the last (laughs) few years. I will take that bet. I think Essendon will beat the Swans. I think we play in round three. I think that Hawthorne will be the surprise packet and end top four. That's my bet. You think the Bombers will finish top four? No, Hawthorne. (laughs) (laughs) The Hawks will finish top four. Mitchell's back. I'll just take it. Nice. (laughs) All right. So that is our bold predictions. We should set up a page on our website or something where we track what we do every year. So maybe that's what we'll go. Equitymates.com slash bold predictions. And by the time this episode's out, that page will be up. Absolutely. So that's a lot of fun. We'll check in with these throughout the year. All of those have a beer attached to them. Looking forward to recouping some beers at the end of the year. And we will be also talking about our stock of the year picks. One of my bold predictions, Ren, is that this is your year. (laughs) This is your year. For stock of the year. For stock of the year. We'll explain why it hasn't been my year in past years (laughs) in um, this other episode, which will probably get released the same day as this. Yeah. But we are just staggering them because we've waffled on for a long time yes, in this one. Yes. Nice, Renwell. Great to be back in the studio with you and kicking off Equity Mates for 2020. Looking forward to a massive year. Thanks to everyone who uh, listened to our series over the summer and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're all there. Sign up to our Thought Starters. Buy a T-shirt. You know this you know <laughs> yeah, feel. You know right, share, deal. listen, blah, blah, blah. This is year four. This is, we know what we're doing. <laughs> We've got a cracking episode coming up with one of our favorite guests and longtime supporter of the show to talk about his 2020 bold predictions as well. So looking forward to that. We'll speak next week, Ren. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.